0: Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to experience the Gut Check Project, talking science, health, and innovation that you can actually use. But this isn't just another health show. We're here to have fun and make your time enjoyable. Well, while you are enjoying yourself, know that even though the GCP covers some health topics with healthcare pros, we are not your doctors. So use our show to entertain your mind and not for medical advice. And now, here are your hosts of the Gut Check Project, Dr. Ken Brown and Eric Rieger.
1: Hello, Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family. I hope that you're having a great day. I'm your host, Eric Rieger. To my right. To my right, not to my left.
2: Correct. Yes.
1: He's a better man. Dr. Kenneth Brown, what's up, man?
2: Uh, I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. So last episode we discussed why you have a new fashion attire. You're not trying to make <laughs> yeah, a statement. This I'm is not,
1: this is not a statement I want to make.
2: Man, how are you getting along? What's going on at home? Are you activities, daily living, that kind of thing? Are you are you getting by? You're one week out from surgery.
1: Um, I'm one week and what? One week and two days. Two days. So, so okay, you know what? I've got a story. Okay. And I've not told this story to you. In fact, I've held on to it
2: <laughs> because I've is that won- how our friendship has become? We're going to withhold stuff until we're live? <laughs>
1: I think it's better this way. I think it's better this way. So um, obviously I've got full use of one arm, but not my dominant arm. And I've got basically just this bonus arm down here that does some things, not everything. Um, to put things in perspective right now, I have a wound over here. Okay, so underneath my shirt, there's a dressing, and underneath the dressing, obviously, is the entry point where they did the arthroscopy on my shoulder, and it has to stay covered and cannot get wet until I go in, I believe, four days from now, and then they'll evaluate, make sure there's no infection. Anyway, so while taking a shower, I have to keep it covered, and I've come up with this cool little trick that I take a 13-gallon trash bag, and I cut each of the corners, and I slide one arm down through one hole, and as I ease it up, I can slide it over my head, and I can take a shower. Very nice. Keeps it dry. So I'll I'll share that with everyone, how to take a shower. Did
2: you see that in a MacGyver
1: episode back in the day or something? I I give myself credit. I did it on my own. Nice. But, um, and it works well. The last time that I was able to take a shower at home, you can probably imagine that this is going well, was two days ago. But even that was a partial shower. So what am I getting at? I was home alone and I had done all the work, which takes about three minutes for me to slide the hand in, pull over the head, you know, all that other kind of stuff. Step into the shower. Ken, I'm I'm going at it. Everything's going well. I've got my left arm and it's filling in all the spaces that the right arm can't help me out. Shampooing the hair, getting soap all over the bod. And then suddenly the water stopped flowing. Completely. I start jacking with the faucet. <laughs> There's no more water coming out. I'm covered in soap. I go over to the sink and I play with the sink and nothing's coming out there. Well, my phone's close by. So I call the local water utility and I'm going to paraphrase, but this is pretty much what he said. Oh yeah, man. They, uh, well, they're working on some utility and I think that they, uh, well, they, they hit the water main over on where you live. I was like, Oh, well, um, will they have it back up tonight? Oh no, no. Probably probably tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm covered in soap and there's no one else home. And so I don't I mean I've got to get rid of it. I mean, I don't want all this soap all over me. I made my way downstairs. We don't traditionally have bottled water. We still don't have bottled water. What we do have, and you probably know that this is bittersweet because
2: I don't want everyone to waste any. I've got oh a no! A bunch of
1: cold cans of Waterloo,
2: <laughs> which none of these all properly chilled.
1: Yeah, they're all cold. They're in my refrigerator, <laughs> and of course, there's no sugar in there. There's just sparkling water, and they're flavored, but uh, with with real fruit. But there's that's it. There's nothing else in there, so that's good because I can rinse things off and not be sticky. It's humorous and also sad to take these great tasting beverages. And crack them open in the shower, and pour them oh. on your head. You can't use your other arm to do that, <laughs> and then try to shake all the soap off. And then I'm freezing because it came out right out of the refrigerator. Oh. And I and then for a little while I kind of smelled like berries and limes. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, other than that, that was going well. I returned home last night and the water was back on. I thought that was great. Then today, I got up. In Early morning, getting ready to go do some anesthesia, and, um, well, the water was off again. So apparently a valve didn't set right, and I had to take my next shower at the surgery center.
2: Oh, did you bring a bunch of water, I there? didn't have to do that this time, oh, so it's it kind that's
1: of awesome. the bonus. <laughs> it's kind of a good ending. I got to have a nice warm shower.
2: That is hilarious and painful to waste the water. So shout out to Waterloo for not only keeping him (laughs) hydrated, but now you are keeping him clean and smelling slightly like berries. Yeah. I mean,
1: I I mean, it was, it was, like I said, it was bittersweet. It stepped in right when I needed it to, just not in the way that I wanted it to, but Uh -uh. no sugar actually worked out well for me, not just in in drinking it, but uh, getting the shampoo out of the hair.
2: Man, I feel bad. I feel bad for you for so many different reasons, but the main reason I feel bad Is that you were alone during this? Right. And today we're going to continue our longevity series by yeah. discussing how to live longer by being social. Okay, and so that's the topic today. That's the topic today. Yes, yeah, nice. how to live longer by being social. Okay. So I mean, you you've reiterated right there that uh, you know, unfortunately, you um, couldn't have somebody run down and grab you.
1: Everybody else was out doing things.
2: Yeah, everybody.
1: Right. Yeah, and. <laughs> That was what I was left with, but it was okay. It, was good. it made for a good story. And I was glad I could share it with
2: all of I'm you. glad you did share that. That's, uh, that is impressive. I just love, you're a week and two days out and you're literally, you did not skip the beat. You no. just.
1: I mean, I can still articulate the hand. I can still do eye blocks and I know that may be scary, but everybody's woken up. Everybody's
2: doing well. Yeah. So. Yeah. So this, um, the last couple episodes really kind of got into this whole longevity thing because when we talk about health, we at least want to be around to experience the benefits of it. And so we talked about, you know, the first one we talked about sort of the cool new sciency stuff that's going on to live longer. And then last time we talked about fasting and yeah. this one is equally as important. In fact, we know that sleep's super important for your health, and a proper diet's super important. Well, as it turns out, loneliness is really detrimental to your health. In fact, they've shown that just being lonely uh, is equated to an increased risk of dying by almost thirty percent, and so. That in itself should get you to wake up a little bit. And this is not going to be a negative episode about what's going to happen to you. What we're going to do today is we're going to talk a little bit, just really quick, about the science when you do not have a large social circle, mm-hmm. uh, how that affects you, and then why it affects you so bad because it's hardwired into our biology. Yeah. But more importantly, give you actionable tips to start taking control and start improving that. So we don't just want to say, uh, you know, oh, this is you know, this is bad, make sure you have a big social circle. We're gonna show you how to actually do that using some science.
1: I love it. I think it's a great idea. So
2: that's what this episode is. So it's an
1: actionable item.
2: Actionable item. So we will jump right in here. So I just mentioned that Being lonely or social isolation has been shown to increase your risk of dying, but it's also been shown to increase the risk of developing significant diabetes, high blood pressure, even cancer. It's been shown that it is as dangerous as smoking. So essentially, being lonely (laughs) shortens your lifespan. So here we are. We're going to talk about this regarding longevity, most importantly, the things that you can do for this. It's so important because we evolved to be around other people. Definitely. And when you hear about the uh, biology of it, it makes total sense because it's literally baked into our biology, which is why you can have such detrimental effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with this current pandemic situation, our social connections are actually dissolving. And you hear it on the news all the time, the rate of depression is way up, the oh, suicide yeah. rate. And if you even compare it to 50 years ago, we are less happy than we were 50 years ago. Even though we've got all these modern conveniences and you know phones and my gosh, how can you be unhappy when TikTok exists? <laughs> Eric? Uh,
1: I don't register TikTok <gasps> activity, but yeah. I, hey, I do find it interesting though that um, probably people who have established Uh, friend networks, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They could probably withstand a little bit of brief or brevity away from, uh, from their friends, less than someone who may not. And I I bring that up because some of the people who've been described as having been most impacted by not being able to socialize are really young kids. And without Mm -hmm. having that network, then they're really trying to build the the scaffolding, what's going to shape their life. And we, we remove that from them when we, shut down schools and eliminated that kind of playtime
2: for sure for sure yeah that's a that's a whole separate layer of what we're doing or what the pandemic has done to the to, you know to the really young generation um, recent studies have actually shown that up to 20 percent of people 20 percent of all people are actually admitting to being unhappy due to increased social isolation oh wow that's a massive number if you stop and think about it. Yeah. Like when people are being honest and they're doing these studies. So that's, um, you know, what's fascinating to this is that loneliness or feeling social isolation isn't just a perception. Mm-hmm. They have uh, actually shown that the brains of people that feel isolated and those that feel that they have good social connection, they actually react differently. Okay. And this is really interesting because it makes sense as to how that can then lead to a spiraling down to a depression that then leads to deteriorating health. And now you're on this vicious you know, hamster wheel of just that being the thing. And it's, the reason why I think it's so relevant now is because of the pandemic and the way that these, sort of our ability to socialize was literally taken away. And you know, we live in Texas, fortunately, so it wasn't that big of a deal here, but in other places, it was ma- massive. There's still places in lockdown that still are trouble, still have a ton of trouble seeing their friends and family.
1: Definitely, are you, uh, I don't wanna get too early on this. Uh, Andrew Huberman was interviewed by, by Rogan recently and he even talked about, uh, I'm gonna screw this up, but he even talked about there is a, uh, a not a protein, but a, uh, uh, goodness gracious. Pieces of protein. We just talked about last Peptide. Week. Peptide, yeah. It was a peptide. It's been identified and it is something kind of like tetrakinin or something like that. But increases in that go up, I believe, I could be butchering this whole thing, but essentially people who feel isolated actually have even uh, compounding to depression, have uh, compounding uh, agitation from being left out of circles. You can actually um, uh, stew on your isolation and it allows you to basically project your loneliness into anger on different things that you feel like you've lost control of whole different subject i didn't know this is where we're going today
2: Uh, really okay
1: but so he just they like they just talked about that two days ago on rogan
2: i didn't even know he was on rogan wow um you know he's basically my hero you listen to him i listen to him love him um so tetra kind of i'm gonna So i didn't no, I'm excited I, to listen to it. I could be it.
1: butchering that word. It's, it's something kind of like that. So next
2: time you see a Karen flipping out, you just walk up and be like, calm down, everybody. Yeah. She's got elevated levels of tetrakine She's obviously been by herself for a while. Let's not just give her some space, but let's let's hug her. Well, we're going to talk about that. Okay. We're actually going to talk about that. So first of all, let me, um, let's look at a couple different studies where they looked at people. So these are scientists that took people. What they did is they had a room full of people. Uh, the study, these were not study participants. These were actually part of the study and they took two different groups of people that on a questionnaire admitted that they felt socially isolated and lonely Mm -hmm. and others that felt that they had great social networks. Okay. And, um, what they, what they ended up doing, I'm sorry. I'm getting my two studies confused. Sorry, let me back up the one. This particular study is the one where they had people in a room in a social setting Mm -hmm. and they just sent people in and they were randomized. Um, and the people were told in the room to socialize with certain people oh. and absolutely shun other people. Oh. So, give them, they're basically ignoring them and shunning them from having any social interaction. So, they were actually rejected. And then later, they did a questionnaire, like, along. Like, like like a month later, and they asked them a bunch of questions about the event, and one thing that really stood out to the researchers was they asked what the temperature of the room was. Was it warm, was it cold, oh, okay. whatever, and the people that were shunned across the board said that it was a very cold room. Not cold like emotionally, they yeah, said sure. physically it felt cold. Wow. Those that were engaged mm-hmm. said it felt very comfortable and warm, the room, temperature, and so they guessed the temperature and they were completely off on degrees. So just being rejected, that whole feeling of oh, I had the cold shoulder is literally made the brain feel like this room is colder. Yeah, like actually. I need to put a jacket on, kind of cold. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting. So that's going on in the brain. So then they took this is the one that I was starting to describe. They took two groups of people that actually said that they either feel socially um, isolated, uh, and then they took the other group that had a, a good social network, and they put them in a functional MRI. Okay. So they could see where the brain light, where the brain would light up and they gave them pictures, of very pleasing pictures, whatever. I don't even know what they were, but you know, whatever, puppies, you know, stuff, whatever. Uh, and then they showed where it lit up. And what was really interesting, in the people that had good social networks, they lit up in a part of the brain called the ventral striatum, which is the part of the brain, and I learned that from Andrew Huberman. By the way, he's always throwing out those neuroanatomy terms. Yeah, right off the. Not the tip only of guy, the guy that can do you. it. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so the so the ventral striatum, this is where you have a, a learning and reward center.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So they would show a happy picture, and they would light up there, mm-hmm. and then they did it to the people that admitted to feeling isolated, didn't light up, didn't light up at all. So they were looking at pleasant things.
1: They were unable to enjoy it.
2: They were unable to enjoy it. Wow. So then they gave sort of disturbing images um, and things that should elicit some sort of a response. And then the social people, they lit up in the area of the brain known with empathy. Uh-huh. So they immediately lit up and went, oh, I feel bad for that person or whatever. Like they show a car wreck or something mm-hmm. in the socially isolated. No, it didn't light up at all. Wow. So here you have a situation where just being lonely, no other health issues that that they kind of looked at. It isn't like they had depression in the beginning. They just admitting they just admitted that they felt lonely you are, you have a more difficult time seeing the enjoyment in things, and you have a more difficult time being empathetic towards others. So it's a double-edged sword, which means it's a little bit harder to make that connection with people.
1: That weird, because earlier you said that it uh, kind of perpetuates and gets bigger. So now, not only is the isolated person not experiencing joy, they're almost kind of shunning others that could use their help, and so you're not making any new connections.
2: Exactly, so keep that in mind as we go on. So basically, we have completely evolved to have these social connections. The larger the brain in all animals, the more you're able to form a social bond. And when I read that, I started thinking about it, and I was like, oh, dolphins, orcas, look at these you know, other yeah. primates. Yeah, These are very socially primates? cohesive. Are they primates? No, other primates.
1: Oh, I thought you were saying. Oh, mammals. I guess. That, no,
2: I guess that makes sense. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, I, I did say, I was thinking I didn't know and if it was primates. The, the famous know. hairy monkey dolphin.
1: <laughs> <Because> <laughs> swim. Anyway, sorry about that. But so, That was funny to me.
2: Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> mammals that swim.
1: Yeah. And primates.
2: And primates. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. So basically by forming these social connections, uh, that actually helped us learn. We can learn how to hunt together. We can learn how to develop different things. We become a society together. It's so important to our biology that threats to our social connection Mm -hmm. is perceived by the brain similar as a physical threat. Oh
1: yeah, okay.
2: So that's really interesting, so when we I mean, I don't want to go down this pathway, but now it makes a little bit more sense Mm -hmm. of the extreme things that happen on social media when bullying happens. Oh, definitely. Somebody calls you a name, but your brain feels like you're being shunned. Mm -hmm. It feels like you are physically being attacked. I totally agree with that.
1: And I'll do it one better. We lose out on social cues by saying things that could be hurtful to someone else via text or an electronic device. When you never really have to receive the emotion that someone else would give back to you for saying something like that. And that cold delivery of something that could be very, very hurtful is now just left and the person who's receiving it is burdened with why would they say this to me? And it's very isolating because the person who's either typed it on a post or whatever, they're really never Seeing how it's made the person receiving that is feeling. There's no chance there to give a bodily cue or was it sarcastic or I didn't mean that. It just doesn't exist anymore. So that level of isolation is only perpetuated, I think, through social media means and things like that where you're not being friendly.
2: Absolutely. And then you just mentioned the Huberman thing where we're probably getting the peptide wrong, but the yeah. tachykinin, whatever, yeah. that goes up. And yeah. now all of a sudden we've got you're you're mad at yourself. You're like why am I letting this get to me? Well, you've now you've got peptides which are actually triggering your brain. It's hardwired. It's baked into our biology that you want to be accepted. Yeah. And these phones allow people to just randomly reject. And so
1: But but that's funny that you say accepted because that's something that's something that when you're younger uh, you know, you're kind of made aware of who is, who is popular and maybe who isn't, but people who are popular, not that, they're all, that their motives are any better than someone else who isn't, that's, that's not the point, but sometimes they, they tend to excel, but in much the same way as socialization is probably necessary, so is food. Someone else who eats well is probably setting themselves up for a better opportunity to either learn or do an athletic, you know, event. And if you have a good social network, what you, what I think you're demonstrating is it's just as important for us to have that, to have a well-rounded health status.
2: 100%. It's equally important as food and sleep. Yeah. And we have to be cognizant of that, of each other because, um, Basically, we harmonize with other people. Sure. So you and I, I'm reading cues on you. My brain is doing it because my brain is working very hard to make sure that we can help each other, that we are part of the part of the tribe. We do this with other people. We evolve to be with other people. It's almost like subtle mind reading. So -hmm. keep that in mind, because there is a saying that you become like the five people that you spend the most time with. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) So basically be careful who you choose because our brains are actually wired to absorb your beliefs. Like there's little, like I can sit there and try and put up a wall, but over time, my brain is trying to go, okay, well this person says this, maybe we should think that. So this means that if you're around a bunch of people that have super negative beliefs or limited beliefs, more importantly, limited, Uh, then that means that you're going to be stuck with that same mindset.
1: But you're kind of adopting it too, though, right? Because that's probably where your social interaction comes from. And that allows you to keep that, uh, that social connection going. So you almost are nurturing. You're nurturing what is keeping them attracted to you. Even if it's not perfect, maybe you're doing that because it keeps them attracted to you. And there's like a subconscious safety net. I need this relationship. Well, maybe you don't, but you're, Ultimately, you, you just don't, thank you. You just don't want to lose uh, a connection, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So you kind of adopt some of the behaviors of those that you are connected with.
2: Yeah, so that's part of it. Like, it's, it's once again, it's uh, it's something that our that our brains are trying to figure out, even if you're logically saying, well, that's this, I'm gonna move on, and blah, 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 but no. But so, as we continue to move forward in this, I'm said I'm gonna give actionable items, mm-hmm. So as we talk about this and you see how detrimental it is and you can see how important we've evolved to do this, this is so hardwired that you can't get away from it. So you might as well learn to embrace it and you know do it right, that's the key. So when we talk about it and we're gonna talk about expanding your social circle, then we want to be around people that really make us better. You don't want to be around people that are gonna drag you down. It's, it's one of the greatest things that you can do. Be less lonely, but actively seek out people that level you up that. And so let's talk about some tips on how to do this. Let's do that. All right. Um, these are all tips from a course that I'm actually doing called Zero to Dangerous. And it's about how to achieve flow state. And this is a, it's achieving flow state uh, has a whole lecture on this. Ryan Doris, who's a PhD in achieving flow state, gave this lecture. So I'm taking uh, several of his tips out of here. Shout out to him because he's um, this. Uh, personally, I think the course is amazing. But they have a whole whole module on making sure that you have your social network because you cannot achieve uh, your entrepreneurial success. You cannot achieve flow state without having this basic necessity met. Okay, and you know they say sleep and everything but so this thing gets its own little lecture and so here's some tips to start out with all right so the first thing that was mentioned is the first tip is leverage your intentionality in other words try to be really systematic about it improving your connectivity with others is something that you should prepare for okay put it in your calendar have it there so that you can have a systematic approach to doing this. So that's step one. Leverage your intentionality. Say, you know what? I am going to do this. I am going to start to improve my social network. I'm sick of being alone. I'm sick of being lonely. Then, this one may be a little more difficult for some of us. Discard social norms. And depending on where you're at, uh, I'm sure it's more difficult than others. In other words, talk to people. Yeah. If you're in line, turn around and be like, "What's up?" Do it. Yeah. Practice doing it. And if you're, get up to the clerk and say, how's your day? What's going on? What's something cool that happened? Anything. Practice the skill of engaging and do it all the time. Say hi to the, you know, the Uber driver that's taking you, ask them what's going on with their life. The point is, is that it starts opening up neurologic connections. Mind you, the person that's giving this lecture is a PhD in this stuff, yeah. And every one of these tips is backed by a scientific study where they show that when people do this, you're reframing your brain. You're basically creating new or not new, probably dormant neural connections mm-hmm. that you have not practiced for a long time. Sure. And so, uh, discard the social norms. Say hi. I I know what I'm thinking. I, I mean, I can imagine some people will be like, "No, you don't. You don't do that, in New York. You know, it's people think you're crazy or something." But Every time somebody moves to Texas, they're like, man, it's so weird. I mean, you hear it on Rogan all the time. Every one of his guests like, man, everybody's so nice here. Yeah. They just say hi. That's weird.
1: I would hate for that to go away. I mean, it oh, really I know. Is. It's, it's one of the coolest things about uh, living here and being from here. And I didn't know that it was unique to here until you spent some time away from here.
2: Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's discard social norms. And then he goes on to talk about say hi to people you don't know. Like, yeah. That's a social norm norm to not do that
1: yeah i know so it's wild right
2: yeah it's wild all right tip number three say yes more often this requires a little bit of work and i'm so guilty of this just because (laughs) we have so much going on Uh, just if you get invited to something you got to make the time to do it once in a while And you know, treat it like a workout. Don't treat it like, Oh my gosh, I have all this work to do. I can't do that. It's just something that I am horrible at. And mostly because people invite (laughs) me to stuff that's past 8pm and I'm getting ready for bed at that time. Or it's more
1: than three miles from your house. Or yes.
2: Yeah, so I'm gonna try to be better about that. Um, I'm gonna be more proactive on that one's that one. That's one that I really have to work out a whole lot. But say yes more often. Definitely, when people you know ask you to do things, even if it seems like well that won't be very fun, it gives you an opportunity to practice these other things.
1: So many things are not about the event. They really aren't about the event. The event is actually the camaraderie and the you'll make a you'll you'll make a fun memory just hanging out with old friends, regardless of what you're doing. It doesn't really matter. Poker. That's the funny thing about poker, and that's the funny thing about card games or people who get together to play dominoes or cornhole. It, it really is very little about who actually wins, and who, who has to do whatever. I'm sure to somebody it's about winning, but you know what Roger I'm saying. Brown. Yo, Roger Yeah, <laughs> Roger. <laughs> Roger, you win sometimes. Not every time, though. You know it, too. Anyway, so <laughs> but it's really more about the stories that come out and the memories that come out of spending that time together doing that.
2: You're exactly right. Look at all these little things that you're like, man, why do why do people gather to do that? They gather to do these things. Yeah. They're doing it subconsciously. They're,
1: they're just excuses so you're not just saying that you're getting together.
2: Yes, that's exactly it. All right, tip number four. Work as a connector for others. If you know some great uh, humans, yeah. introduce them to other great humans. This is something that I don't think we do enough of. Um, when I... I love it when you're hanging out with somebody and you meet somebody for the first time and you're just sitting there talking, be like, dude, you would totally love my friend, Eric, which is what Marcel did with you. Marcel, yeah, definitely. And he's like, you got to meet him. And that becomes that thing. You become this connector, which allows you to expand your circle because then it's it's good people finding other good people. So work on that. Um, This one is pretty awesome. Start helping. Believe it or not, when you help others in any way volunteering or anything you actually promote endorphins in the brain and therefore it's a win-win you basically get a helper's high definitely and i'm thinking about our generosity feed thing boy ron clubundy nailed that you get a bunch of people together you make it fun for them you're helping you're hitting all these boxes they're developing connections
1: there wasn't a there wasn't a disappointing second of being there for doing that with, with that. yeah. And there's, other, I mean, we won't go through all of them, but you and I have been involved in other things that are similar or that you're giving back. And it's the same feeling every time. It's number one, it's completely worth it. And when it's over, you're so glad that you did it. And then you actually look forward to the next time you get to do it again.
2: Yeah, 100 hundred, hundred 100%. 100%. Um, and then the final tip is try to heighten somebody else's experience. <laughs> when someone's having a really bad day, consciously stop and go, I'm going to work on trying to improve this person's day. You can train your brain to see the positive. When someone's having a bad day, it's a great opportunity to be ultra friendly. All these things that Rian was talking about, these are ways to train your brain. If you're going to train your brain to play the piano, you practice, you do whatever. You're practicing on many events. If somebody's like, man, that person, this waiters just being a jerk it's a great opportunity to somehow see if you can break through a little bit and be friendly to that person and see if you can you know be the person to change that so i thought that was pretty cool Uh, a lot of times you just don't think about you don't consciously think about that you're just like man what a jerk so
1: yeah, sometimes, I, and I'm guilty of this. You'll you'll get mired in the inconvenience that somebody else isn't treating you the way that you want, mm-hmm. and so uh, maybe you you kind of reflexively become curt, and then you think about it. You're like, I'm not even that person. Why, I know. Why did I do that? And so it does take a little bit of effort, but I I do find that when you think about it just a moment, you kind of kind of poke a hole on why, yeah. why. Are they doing that? And just give them one small thing to. Kind of chuckle at it and it yeah. kind
2: of makes it go away. It really helps to think that maybe the person's going through something. So yeah. like so like next time, uh, if you're out and somebody's rude to you or something, don't just sit there and think they're a jerk. Go, you know what? I bet you that they were fully showered this morning and somebody hit the main water line and then they had soap all over them and they were unable to actually get the soap off and so they had to crack open a bunch of Waterloo's cold and pour them all over themselves to get rid of that. That would put me in a bad mood also. So next time that happens, think about maybe that happening.
1: Especially if his hair's as bad looking as mine.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so those are all tips to make your brain start becoming less lonely or receptive to engage other people. So those tips, they seem like social things already, but you're training your brain to be more open to the social aspect of other people, which I thought was fascinating, because you can actually work at it. And remember that this whole course I'm taking is because a lot, uh, this is for uh, entrepreneurs that are trying to achieve flow state, they got so much stuff they have to do that so many of these entrepreneurs end up working so hard that they, become lonely without even realizing. It. Oh, definitely. And that's what he was talking about. He's like, we're here to make sure you don't, you can train your brain. You work hard at everything else, work hard at this, but it, it, it applies to everyone. All right, so now once you're training your brain on a regular basis by doing those tips, how do you start building your actual network of amazing humans that are around you? So we're going to talk about a few things to start doing. Okay. Step one, guard your own beliefs. Mm. make sure that you build a feedback loop on your own beliefs so that you become very focused on your goals. Otherwise it becomes very permeable for other people's goals to infiltrate yours. So you go into this saying, this is really what I'm trying to achieve right here. I want to be surrounded by people that level me up. I want to be surrounded by people that are going to enhance, or I'm going to become a better human. I've we're going to do this. If I meet some people that seem real nice and they're completely different from my goals, they're like, no man, we're going to stay up all night and do cocaine and we're going to tell great stories. That is social. Yeah. But that is not, that does not align with my own beliefs. So stick, stick with that. So definitely guard your own beliefs because ultimately it will backfire on you. If you end up in a situation that you're like, this is not the person that I wanted to become. Sure. And so I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Now what's really hilarious is that, if I'm sitting with like a kindergartner mm-hmm. talking about this, mm-hmm. they're literally going, duh. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> yeah. This is nobody will play with you if you yeah. don't do that. So um, number two, when you start as an adult, you start separating loyalty, support and time. So basically you can be fully loyal to someone and you can be very supportive to them, but they might not be someone who is actually augmenting or more, importantly, they could be negatively affecting you. So you can still love, you can still be loyal, but uh, be aware that there's some negative aspects of it. And as long as you're aware of it, you can control that. And that's that permeability harmonizing thing coming back in. So it's because we all have people that we love, but eh, don't necessarily agree with. And it's just one of those things. So you could still be loyal and you can still support, but just be aware. I
1: and we don't have to get into it, but uh, also define for yourself what support looks like. Support doesn't necessarily mean that you have to just be in open air agreement. Support could could be just as basic as, although I disagree with you, I respect the fact that you have that opinion. And try to leave it at that, if, if, especially if it's someone that you do wish to care about, but uh, you know that you're not going to be on the same side of an issue. What's the point in, in hashing? There's, there's really nothing.
2: Yeah. Um, I like this one tip. No, or I guess rule number three is always try to rebalance any negativity with pos with positivity. (laughs) The brain wants to harmonize. Why don't you be the one harmonizing? So lead with good vibes. Yeah. So it's coming around the negativity. You be the person bringing the good vibes. Practice that. These are all things to work on.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, My mind shouldn't have gone there, but I just could imagine seeing you with like a a broken right leg or go, Hey man, your left leg's going to be so strong, (laughs) (laughs) but that's not the point of what I think you're trying to say.
2: No, no, it isn't just remain positive (laughs) at all times. Just try and rebalance. If you're in a negative relationship, try and uh, rebalance it with maybe some extra positivity. Yeah. uh, All these things are easier said than done. I get it. Um, Then always try to focus on others. So if you focus on others, when you do this, your world will expand and you increase your capacity for connections. And specifically, when you focus on others, you can develop compassionate connections.
1: I totally agree with that. In fact, I would say that more compassionate connections are born out of uh, someone saying or with the uh, the intention of worrying about others because you're you're really showing you are revealing that you have a compassionate side you can tell someone that you're compassionate and caring, but how would they know if they never felt it? A lot of people like to say, I mean, they, they do. They. I'm always wary of someone who goes on and on about how much they do for others rather than me have already have observed it. And, and we, we've seen that before. Sure. And uh, it it says a lot about someone when, when they've made you feel the fact that they're actually givers. And then, and then, you know, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm going with that.
2: No, 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 totally. I think that... Um, practicing it this is in this is the individual part of it where you're saying individually try and make it not about you yeah and over time it just becomes normal these well, are all it, things to work on
1: yeah and these are actionable these are things to do not yeah. to talk about that you want to do
2: yeah so once again easier said than done okay great so i've been working on these things i'm being nice i'm trying to turn around and say hi to everybody I see, Mm -hmm. that people think I'm crazy, and you know, uh, whatever, but I'm working on it. So now, what about the group, what do I have access to right now? And so these are some things to look at where you can assess your current contacts and friends and put them into different domains to really start utilizing your time to work on what, honestly, these people can help fill some gaps with you. Mm -hmm. And these domains, it's three domains. One is emotional support, this is very obvious if you, if you lean on someone, then they are an emotional support. Or And then the second one is informational support. Like you're going to have people that you get guidance from. Yeah. And that could be all different kinds of things. I mean, you could be a doctor for, you know, or whatever. But And then instrumental support. These are people that have goods or services that you need. Uh, so you're going to have instrumental people that whatever finance you different things. So there's different ways that you can have connectivity. I've always thought of it as just emotional, but I didn't realize that. Yeah, I've got, I've got connections that are both informational over here. And I got connections that are instrumental over here. And so the recommendation is if you evaluate yourself and you're like, wow, I've got, incredible emotional support over here. I've got great contacts with family and friends and this is over here, but you know what I'm really lacking is some informational support because I'm stuck in this rut Mm. and I really would like some guidance, you know, possibly. And then, so you go through and you go, that's what I'm going to start with. I'm going to start looking at my contacts and trying to put them into slightly, you know, different categories. Say, oh yeah, I forgot about this person. What's really funny is just the exercise of doing it will trigger your brain to start thinking more in a collective way. And when you start doing this, you're gonna be super surprised at how the list will start to grow. And inevitably, you're just gonna go, wow, I totally forgot, I need to reach out to this person. And now I've got a great reason to reach out and say, you know, hey, it's a high school friend or whatever, somebody you haven't talked to in forever and just go, I'm sitting here, I'm working on this course, I heard a podcast and I'm trying to do this. And I remember you told the best stories back in the day. And I really could use that skill. So you are going to be an informational support for me so that I can grow my connections. And it's wonderful hearing from you again, you know, and shockingly, I think nobody would uh, be upset if you contact. if I got a contact from an old friend, I mean, it's like one of those things where somebody contacts you after 30 years and just like, Hey, I was just I I would get this when I go on the news once in a while. I'd get a few people from high school that would like be like, "Dude, saw you on the news. I haven't talked to you in 30 years. What's going on?" Yeah. So no, that's really
1: cool though, because you you reminded them of the uh, well, honestly, probably Ken. Uh, just knowing you, you probably reminded them of the way that you made them feel, and probably when you knew them back in whatever time that was, you made people feel warm or good or whatever it happened to be that emotion, because you're re- you're very gregarious. You you love people. I know that you do and and uh so them seeing you there reminded them like i need to connect to that guy and it could have been for any one of those three but i think it's kind of cool that you said maybe you even approach someone when you make a reconnection and tell them maybe not using that exact word even but just why you want to reconnect with them and you kind of remove the uh the veil of is there an ulterior motive here why is this person reaching back out to me oh mm-hmm. they told you they saw you on tv subconsciously you're like hey we we actually had a good conversation back in the day this is a this is a fun time to connect and then you move forward they they told you why they wanted to see you they just really wanted to reconnect cuz you reminded them cuz you showed up in their living room but regardless it was really really cool but i think that you could do that if you needed someone for instrumental support or informational support, just say, you're just a great resource. I was reminded of that. Uh, you know, you're great with maps. I know you know how to drive around town, whatever it happens to be. I don't know.
2: Yeah, or even emotional support. You're exactly right. There's calling up and being like, you know, it's been pretty tough time and I'm listening to this podcast and I just remember that you were you were a great person that could <laughs> that could listen or anything. You know, it's all all of this is and it, once again easier said than done that first call is going to be interesting but then it turns into it's like when rich haggardorn was on here uh, a couple episodes back where he he just contacted me and said i'm in texas and i was like well make your way to plano eventually yeah. so that you can come on the show and we had a great time yeah it was so much fun great hearing from him and then basically it was just story time um that's a good episode it, it was well, it was just it, was, it wasn't sciency <laughs> it's okay okay uh, um and then here's something to, to get you thinking about, kind of what you're getting at, and then think of where you are on these people's yeah. three lists.
1: If you can't give, it's gonna be a short-lived and one-sided, non-reciprocity-based relationship. And unfortunately, that's not going to foster a connection if you really seek to have a connection. So you're going to have to find your way that you give back to the same people that you seek something from. It's just. Uh, it kind of, how was his name? Is it Dale, Dale Carnegie, who wrote how to win friends. Oh, Influence yeah, people. yeah, yeah, He talks a lot about that, um, in there, you know, you, you break down the way that you want to break the ice. It's kind of how the book starts. And, but as you move through you, what you're really learning is how to be a better steward of you to the people that you want to be friends with. Mm-hmm. And by offering that, then people don't actually don't want to lose their connection with you because they get value from your presence. So if you find yourself Maybe not hanging on to the same, or or, how do you put this? If you're losing connections with people that maybe you wish you hung on to, and it kind of happens maybe once or twice and you can't really figure out, really evaluate. Am I giving something back to these people that make them want to come back? Or am I saying things that are just kind of not where they're at to receive what my intentions are? And maybe that's kind of where the problem is. Because if you seek it, you just need to fine tune it. And it takes work. It takes work to self-assess. It takes honesty to self-assess. But really, if you wanna be happy, you you have to do that.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So pretty much there with it, you know what we'll do? If you really can't be happy if you don't have a healthy gut. So can you tell them where to go to get a healthy gut? Because I have one interesting conversation I wanna have doing this. Uh I have a former employee who is now, she moved to go to medical school And I thought it would be a great opportunity because she might need a little support. So I'm trying to practice what I preach right now. So I'm going to call our former employee, Delaney Shue, where you tell people to go to Love My Tummy.
1: Well, okay, so head to LoveMyTummy.com. That's LoveMyTummy.com forward slash KBMD. And there you will see your opportunity to get Autron Teal shipped straight to you. And at a discounted rate, there is a coupon listed on that page. And, of course, as the coupon changes, it will always be listed on that page. That is lovemytummy.com forward slash KBMD. And that is for your very own Atron Teal, your daily polyphenols, gut health, everything else. I'm going to try to put
2: Uh, Delaney. Hello. Well, hi, Delaney.
3: How are you guys?
2: I'm oh, but oh my! I'm watching yeah, Eric with one Delaney, arm trying to put Delaney, on his I'm headphones. Delaney, I'm giving Ken a social cue. <laughs> <laughs> he only has one arm. He had surgery a week ago. Oh no, Eric!
1: Well, they didn't remove my arm. I just don't, I only have use of that's one arm. Good. Yeah. So
2: that's okay. Delaney, I told you that I was going to give you a call about this time because we just got done wrapping up an episode on basically how loneliness shortens your life and how having a social network um, is super important. We are hardwired to do this. And so I started thinking about you a little bit. You worked with us, we're so proud you got into medical school and you're in medical school now, you just started. And I just wanted to ask you, how is it going?
3: It's going good. It's not exactly what I thought it would be like just because they're giving us so much time right now to form a social network and that's not something I ever thought was what? built into my medical school curriculum. It's kind of crazy.
2: Like they actually I met. They actually yeah. said this is what we're doing this for?
3: They did. We have a, our first course that we're in right now is basically six weeks of us getting to know each other with a little bit of doctoring 101 added into it. So we're doing our first standardized patient interactions and everything like that. But They're also they're hosting at least three events per day with like hosted by the school. But they're just for us to be able to go and make new friends. And they told us that so many times. Every lecture that we've had so far has ended with an MD telling us, like, please go to the beach. Please go make friends because you're going to need these friends for the next four years when you're in the thick of it and actually doing the hard science medical school and doing your rotations and everything they keep stressing um how important a social network is to us and my senior advisor I actually met her yesterday she's a psychiatrist and she asked me like how's medical school doing how's it adjusting to your new living situation I told her good and she sat down she was like are you making friends I was like yeah I think I'm making friends like I have this group of people that I've been hanging out with for a little while and she was like stressing how important It was from a psychiatry point of view that I have a a good network of people to go through anatomy with and then go through the next few classes and then talk to and have a system of people who understand what I'm about to do for the next four years, being able to talk to them and just have a group of people in similar life situations and how um, they've done so many studies on how those people have better outcomes and the people who are like participating in this six week course and like going to all the events, making friends, going to the beach, stuff like that, do better in medical school in the long run. So they're trying really hard to build that into the curriculum, which is something I never thought I would have, but something I really do appreciate.
1: That's so awesome. What a great approach and fresh. I imagine, well, knowing you, I highly doubt that you had any difficulty making friends regardless, but you've probably been kind (laughs) of, you've probably (laughs) been somewhat of a beacon and kind of an ambassador within your own group there may be a few in there that may not have had that same opportunity. I mean, I we saw like the GI center, you're friends with everyone there I mean, pretty much in the first day, but I would imagine there's someone else in Delaney's class. When you say Ken that probably benefited a lot from being basically in a quick few week immersion program with someone like Delaney. Yeah.
3: Oh, for sure. We're just seeing like, they do their best to not force us, but encourage us to not fall into the trap of, only talking to the same people because our class yeah. is 230 people so if we only sit with the same 10 people every day how much are we going to learn from the same 10 people that might be our most comfortable group to sit with but they're encouraging us to like you're going to go sit at table three today instead of table seven so we can talk to everybody meet everybody and really find out who our like sturdy group of friends are going to be so like yesterday they assigned us like a group of three that we did our first standardized patient encounter with and I had never talked to those two people before but I got along with them so well because we're all living the exact same changes right now we're living through those same changes we're all trying to make friends so it's a very important thing to the school because they want us to succeed they don't want us to not enjoy medical school that's not going to be fun for me or them so they're trying to do their best to get us in the best position they can before the hard stuff starts so that we can actually enjoy it.
2: Man that's really cool I'm super impressed. I mean, my med school day one, you're just like thrown in to gross <laughs> anatomy and you're like, you've been assigned this cadaver. These are your three people you're going to, and then it, as it turns out those three people ended up being roommates and, uh, right. you know, I'm still friends with them, but it was like, cause you just, you're like, oh, hi. You, yeah. You cling to the first ones that you, you just, you hold on tight because yeah. <laughs> it gets real ugly real quick. Yeah. yeah,
3: exactly.
2: I'm super impressed by your medical school to actually am- realize
3: that. Mm-hmm. and they've done this little thing where they, they I don't know how familiar you guys are with Harry Potter but they sort them into houses and they did that with us too. There's eight main groups and they call them societies and one day they just, it's completely random so there's like 28 to 30 of each of us class is in this one society so they give you like the name of your society mine's Asclepius because it's the Greek god of medicine, they're all named after, like, famous medical figures from the past. And so I have, like, 25 of the people in my class, 25 MS2s, 25 MS3s, and 25 MS4s, and they have that built in. So, like, you grow with those same 25 people throughout your four years, but we also have, like, fourth years who we can talk to about, like, the residency matching process or something like that. Like, people, we have, like, a built-in way to where we can comfortably ask questions if we're not comfortable, like going to the Dean of student affairs or something like that. So they do more than just the little socials and everything because they think it's so important.
1: It's pretty innovative. I think it's Super awesome. innovative. Yeah. yeah.
3: I agree.
2: Cool. Wow. Well that I far. was, I was just calling to make sure that you had some uh, support. So I'm trying to think where do you fit in with me? What we did discuss is when you have your contact, you assess Uh, what type of friend or contact they are. There's emotional support, informational support, instrumental support. So one of the things that Delaney is to me is she is um, all three, but informational and instrumental because she has a goods or service that I'm dependent on. Miss Delaney here runs our social media. So when I made that crack about uh, TikTok, you didn't even know that you're a TikToker, did you, Eric? Well, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she started a TikTok for yeah, you. Actually, I'm,
1: I'm, very, I'm, I'm an appreciative support because I'm very appreciative that she does that because that's not something that I need to be doing.
2: Yeah, so you, so you fall under my instrumental primary support because I need you in my life for goods or services that you currently supply me. Yeah, and like your husband would be emotional and then there's informational, right. which would be your professors that are doing this right now, that psychiatrist that you were talking yeah. to. Yeah. And so as you realize these and you put people, then you can start um appreciating people for what they bring the value that they do. You're gonna have to listen to the podcast.
1: <laughs>
3: you can't <laughs>
2: Well, Delaney, thank you so much uh, for sharing that. That's really, really cool, and I think it's super innovative of your medical school. And oh, thanks for taking sure. the time, De-
1: Delaney. It's great to hear your voice. I haven't got, well, I haven't, we hadn't gotten a chance to talk in probably four months, five months.
3: I know. Ever since December, I think.
1: Ever since I was banished from the, <laughs> I
3: know, from the center. Don't worry, I've been making lots of TikToks to help. help yeah. So I can
1: look at you. No, cool. Well, thank
3: you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for having right, me. i fun
1: talking to you. Yeah, that was awesome. You're that hey, you. She needs to know she's our very first uh, uh, phone guest on our new board.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, we're trying something. I have a new board. And so we have the ability to take phone calls now. So you're our very first one. You awesome. I was wondering how this would come out. So
3: hope it
1: works.
2: Yeah, me too.
1: Yeah, I hope it works too. Yeah, we all heard it works.
2: We've done we've done shows before where um, it's hilarious. We get done, and I'm like, I forgot take the mute off. And so it's just an hour of Eric and I in a silent movie. You mean like when my son called
1: in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when Matt called in and had like some of the best impromptu stuff ever? Yes. We're like, that's yeah, gone.
2: Yeah. So oh. the, the tail end of this maybe. well, they're laughing. They have headphones on. They're talking to somebody. That must have been funny. coming through.
1: Yeah. Whoever hmm. that was on the phone was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, they on, maybe they only
2: hear Delaney. <laughs> oh, that, that would, would be, be great. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. kind of funny yeah that would be funny so thanks Delaney alright D- Delaney when this episode comes guys. out go ahead and make a TikTok out of it with your voice only oh,
3: absolutely.
2: and Eric and I oh, dancing
3: oh. <laughs> <laughs> send me the video and I'll make it
2: alright bye Delaney bye Thank bye. You.
3: I'll talk to you guys later bye,
2: bye. well she's awesome very much so alright well that wraps up episode 77 anything else to add
1: no uh, not really that was actually a very informative, a lot, a lot of fun. You take action with every single one of those things. And I think that just like you take inventory over what you eat, if you're wanting to lose weight or, or just to be healthier or, uh, your exercise program, if you have a hurt joint or whatever, and uh, you want to, you want to bulk up or the way that you sleep, this is really no different. All of those things are pillars to building a better health span along with your lifespan seems to me that building a good social network in a way that serves you best is, is really no different. And you need to self analyze.
2: Yeah. There's Rian had a bunch more tips, but I just tried to glean a few of the things that are are a little bit bigger, but like he even said, when he travels once in a while and he's capable of staying anywhere once in a while, he'll stay at a hostel. Yeah. Just so that he can get the vibe on the local scene and meet some people immediately. And, you know, and that's a, a, I admire that. So
1: Rian is a great guy, and Rian, the J is silent.
2: <laughs> All right, episode 77. So please um, go to kbmdhealth.com. We are now featuring a few new products on the site there, including True TruNiagen for your NAD support. Uh, of course, the KBMD Health CBD for your overall balancing of immune and your endocannabinoid system, and Atrontil but you can also go to lovemytummy.com forward slash KBMD KBMD or always go
1: to KBMD health.com and you can find everything else on the store, but thank you all for all of your liking, all of your sharing, all your subscriptions to YouTube. We grow when you help us grow. The word of mouth has kept this uh, show going. So thank y'all so much for the feedback, the email, the sharing. And uh, just the the overall growth of the community.
2: And since we're doing this about uh, being less lonely, if you feel lonely in any way and you feel that you want to start practicing this, practice on us. Definitely. Shoot us an email. Shoot us an email. Reach out. Definitely. That'll do it for 77. Thank you so
0: much. Take care. That's a wrap for this episode of the Gut Check Project, and we appreciate you for being a part of it. Be sure to follow us on your favorite platform for podcasts. You can find the GCP on Locals, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Rumble, and more. And you can always check out gutcheckproject.com to find all episodes and interact with the show. Tell your friends and family not to wait to get Gut Checked.